Has God comforted you through the trials of life? It's a wonderful experience, and it's one we should pass along to others. Here's Pastor Al Pittman. The Bible tells us the comfort by which you've been comforted, comfort others. The comfort that Jesus gives me and has given to me through my trial, through whatever you might have gone through, your divorce, your economic challenges, your your diagnoses, or whatever it might be, your failures, the comfort that he's given to you, he wants you to not just idolize it and go, oh, that was great, and just have a testimony. He wants you to pass it on to somebody else, to minister one to another, comfort one another with that which you've also been comforted. Dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. Hello, and welcome to today's edition of The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman. We appreciate you tuning our way today for a message from Pastor Al's new series titled Healthy Church Fundamentals. The fundamentals we're considering might also be called foundations because a healthy church in the year 2023 has to have a firm and unwavering foundation in order to grow and prosper. One of those foundational principles is service to one another. Maybe it would be better put this way, putting another's needs ahead of our own. Let's join Pastor Al for a look at serving one another, an important fundamental of a healthy church. John 13, known narcissist, Peter, and of a traitor, Judas. Known narcissists, they were all narcissists, it was about them, who's the greatest? And yet Jesus bent down and washed their feet. I thought, wow, that, you know, that's always blowing our minds, especially when we think, well, Judas was there. Yet he washed their feet. I thought, man, Lord, that, that's pretty heavy. Lord said, but it also applies to you. Are you not a narcissist? Isn't it about you, Al, most of, a lot of the time? Have you not been a coward and not done the things maybe I've asked you to do all the time? Have you not betrayed me in your actions sometimes? Jesus is still washing the feet of known narcissists and cowards and traitors. But he still washes our feet. No matter how dirty our feet are, the Son of Man has come to serve, not to be served. And where do we get off thinking somehow that's beneath us, beneath us to serve one another when Jesus has washed our feet now, I've been a part of, been around the church for a long time, been a part of impromptu foot washing services, feet washing services. You ever been a part of one, a part of one of those? You go for a little Bible study and, and the leader has this grand idea. Let's wash every, each other's feet tonight. It's like, oh no, did I wash my feet? Are my socks clean? Oh, I decided to wear the one that's got three holes in it or whatever, you know. And uh, those impromptu services can be, (laughs) feet washing can be a blessing, but they can also be pretty nasty. Amen. Oh, it's just something you don't know about. But those of you who've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. You start washing people's feet and all of a sudden, you know, about 10 people there, the fifth person, water starts getting a little murky. Amen. <laughs> and you watch, you know, it's a blessing. Everybody's trying to stay spiritual and then they're like, I ain't putting my foot in that water. Amen. <laughs> you know, I, I got to plead the blood before I put my foot in that water. Jesus heal me. Amen. There's a, <laughs> hepatitis or something in there. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but they're impromptu. You know, it's a blessing. It's a, it can be a blessing, but man, it can be nasty. And I thought about that and I laughed like you did to myself. 
But then I thought, you know what? Within the church, the Lord says, wash one another's feet. He wasn't talking about clean feet. When we wash one another's feet, the water isn't always clean. And we want people in our church that are clean. They, they show up and they smell like roses. Their feet are got, you know, baby powder on them or whatever. They're, oh, well, but join our church. There are no problems or what have you. No, God calls into the church narcissists and cowards and liars. He calls then people who have dirty feet. And then he tells us, serve them. Wash their feet. The water's going to get a little muddy. I can only imagine when Jesus poured out that basin of water, we think, oh, he washed your feet. And on television, when you see it portrayed in movies, the water's always clean. No, I bet when he poured that water out, it looked like mud. They didn't have closed toe shoes, remember? Dusty feet. I think the disciples had a little toe jam going on. Amen. (laughs) And so do we. And so do people who come who don't look like us, who don't have it all together. And yet the Lord says, serve them. Serve one another. I've left you an example. Do to one another as I've done to you. As believers, you know, we're called to wash one another's feet as Jesus washed our feet. And this is what the church is here for. We hear about the horrific shooting of the LGBTQ, uh, the LGBTQ uh, club. What is it? What are we to do as believers? Condemn them? No. We're to wash their feet. We're to wash the feet of those who have dirty feet. That's why we're here as the church. That's what it means to be salt and light. It's to serve others. Yes, serve one another in the body. But we don't just serve one another behind these walls. We take that beyond the walls. Amen? Because this is the reason why Jesus came. Mark chapter 10, he says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. When we exclude ourselves from serving one another, when we say, oh, that's beneath me, and uh, let somebody else do that. I remember one time, uh, this was in Albuquerque, and I was on staff, and this was many years ago, but uh, uh, this guy comes barging to one of the pastors, come barging to my office. <laughs> he says, Alan, can you talk to this woman on this phone? You know, she happened to be an African-American woman. And, uh, you know, he could tell she was African-American on the phone, I guess, or whatever. But he, he said, well, you talk to her because, you know, I, I think you can really relate to her. <laughs> and there's not, not too many things I get angry about. Well, there's a lot of things I get angry about. I take that back. When, but not too many things I get livid about. But that's one. What color is her blood? Is it not the same as yours? What color is the word of God? Isn't it for everybody? What do you mean I can relate to her? you got the same spirit of God living in you, the same word of God in your mouth. Speak it. I don't know what I said to him exactly. It's been a long time ago, but it wasn't nice. I was angry. How dare you? Now, I understand there's people from backgrounds and stuff that can relate better to other people. I get that. But never discount the power of God's word. Amen? It's not limited to ethnicity. God has called us to minister to all people, to serve all people. And when we exclude ourselves and say, oh, I can't minister to that person because they're of another ethnicity or, or, or that person is that, I can't, oh, you know, or they're, they're having, you know, have too much trouble. They're, they were addicted to drugs or whatever. You know what we're saying? We're saying that it's beneath me to do what Jesus did. It's beneath me 
to bow down and to wash the feet of someone who may be different than me. When Jesus commanded me to wash the feet of others, if it was good enough for Jesus, it should be good enough for us. He said, I left you an example. This is how you minister to people. You wash your feet. You don't check the card, whether they're card-carrying Democrat or Republican. You don't check their ethnicity. You wash your feet. That's what we're called to do as believers. And to refuse to do that is to say what Jesus did is beneath me. The old adage is true. Uh, You do not know how much of a servant you are until someone treats you like one. (laughs) Amen. I hear this around the church sometimes. I've been there for years. I should be able. Well, I don't care. You, you You don't get points for longevity. You're still a slave and a servant of Jesus Christ. That offends a lot of people. I tell people this all the time. I, I don't know what people give. I thank God that this is a generous church and God has provided for 25 years and over 25 years. The lights are still on and we're still, amen, we're still going. By the grace of God. It's not Pastor Al. It's the grace of God. But I don't like to see what people give because I know me. I will start serving them. I, I give them special parking places, reserve seating to kiss up to them, make them feel special because they write big checks. The Bible says, be not a respecter of persons. It'd be a violation of God's word for me to do that. So I don't know what people give. So if someone comes up, shakes my hand, looks at me like, boy, he knows I gave a big check. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know. Don't want to know. Amen. God is not a respecter of persons. You do not know how much of a servant you are until someone treats you like one. My wife has been recovering from her liver transplant, and it's, it's been challenging to be a, the servant of all. Amen. But I'll tell you this, servanthood does belong, does begin at home. But two of her friends, oh, out of the generosity of her, their hearts for my wife, one person, but it was just one person I would say, oh, that's kind of cute. But two, they bought Norma a little silver bell. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> to her credit. She has not used it. Amen. But two of her thoughtful friends purchased her little silver bell so you could just ding, 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 you know, call Pastor Al. I said, why don't you just get me one of those dog, electronic dog collars so when you need something, just... That might be more effective for me. I don't know. But the Lord said, you're a servant. You don't know how much of a servant you are until someone treats you like one or until your wife treats you like one. (laughs) Paul the Apostle said, I am a bondservant of Jesus Christ. The word bondservant in Greek is doulos. I'm a slave for life. Am I just a slave at church or am I a slave at home? It's challenging, but it's true. We must be bondservants of Christ. Humility is the key to serving one another we must humble ourselves, and we must, to be humble is to have the mindset of Jesus Christ that it is no longer about me, it's about others. God cares about our needs. And don't let me, you know, I'm not saying he doesn't care about our needs, he does. But my mindset is not, I'm not self-centered, I'm others-centered. That's the mind of Christ. And that mentality, that self-centered mentality must be lost 
at the cross. Pastor Al will be back in a few moments with the conclusion of today's message, taken from his series titled Healthy Church Fundamentals. The Dwelling Place is a listener-supported ministry. Your consistent financial support enables us to keep this radio ministry moving forward. To make a one-time donation or to become a monthly supporter, just go to cwccs.org or text the word GIVE to 719-354-2778. You can also send a donation through the mail to The Dwelling Place, 501 Castle Road, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80904. And on behalf of Pastor Al, thanks for your support, both through donation and through prayer. Now here's part two of today's message as we look at an important fundamental of a healthy church, serving one another. We find it here in Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to just read through it. It's verses 1 to 9. It's pretty long, but it makes a point. Where Paul says, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, that's humility, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his or her own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Here's where a lot of people find it hard to serve because they still are holding on to their reputation. But Jesus made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. At the cross, self-centered living is lost. And we live with the mindset of Christ, that of humility, esteeming others better than ourselves. In conclusion, in serving one another, remember this, and this is so important. You cannot serve one another. You cannot give what you have not received. When we're serving one another, we cannot give what we have not received. What does that mean? That means simply that we must allow Jesus on a daily basis to wash our feet. That's, therefore, we, can, we have a part with him, a part of what? A part of his power, of his joy, of his peace, of his wisdom, so that we might effectively minister one to another. You cannot give what you have not received. The Bible tells us that in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it says, the, the comfort by which you've been comforted, Comfort others. The comfort that Jesus gives me and has given to me through my trial, through whatever you might have gone through, your divorce, your, your, your economic challenges, uh, your, your, your diagnoses, or whatever it might be, your failures. The comfort that he's given to you, he wants you to not just, you know, idolize it and go, oh, that was great, and just have a testimony. He wants you to pass it on to somebody else. To minister one to another, comfort one another with that which you've also been comforted. The devil doesn't want you serving within the church. He wants you to be discouraged. But I want you to know that you can serve because you have an advocate. Peter, when Jesus confronted him in John chapter 21, after Christ had risen from the dead, and Jesus asked him those three poignant questions and the questions he didn't want to hear, Peter didn't want to hear, because he had denied the Lord three times during the trial of Jesus. 
And Jesus came to him after the resurrection on the shores of Galilee. He asked him, Peter, do you love me? Do you agape me? Peter said, Lord, you know I'm fond of you. He asked him the second time, do you love me? Do you agape me? He said, he said Lord, you know I'm, <laughs> we're down. You know, I'm fond of you. We're friends. He asked him the third time, and the third time he used a different Greek word, which is phileia, phileia, uh, or phileo, and means simply that he, I'm fond of you. He said, Peter, are you even fond of me? And Peter broke down and said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus gave him the same answer he did the other two times, feed my sheep. What blows my mind is that he commissioned Peter, even though he knew where Peter's feet had been. And some people feel like, I can't serve the Lord because pastor, my pastor, or my failures or whatever, you can serve the Lord. Why? Because Jesus is your advocate. Amen. First John chapter 2, John writes these words, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is a propitiation. That means he satisfies the penalty for our sins. And not for our sins only, but also for the whole world. You have an advocate with the Father. And because we have an advocate with the Father, we can serve one another. We can support one another. Not because we're qualified or we're the best at it or anything, but because we have an advocate. We can serve one another. When it comes to serving the bride of Christ, there are four ways that we can get started. I'm going to go through them real quick because I'm running out of time. Number one is find a need and fill it. We talk about serving within the church. Find a need and fill it. I mean, you can take this, you know, to your job as well. Find a need and fill it. I'm not a real fan of what they call, I don't know if you heard of these things called gift test. It's a test that you can take and tell you what your gifting is in the Lord. I've used them in the past, and I'm familiar with them, but uh, I don't trust them. Because sometimes it says your gifts are this, but they leave out things. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the giver of the gifts. And there are some gifts that the Holy Spirit has given me that I may not be aware of until sometimes years later. But let the Holy Spirit show you what those gifts are. But, you know, sometimes what it does is just kind of puts people in a box. So you say, well, hey, we got a, we need, got a need over here in the children's ministry. Well, that's not in my gift list. <laughs> you give list. That's like going home and your wife says, hey, can you vacuum the floor? Well, that's not my gifting. <laughs> no, we have a need and you go fill it. Amen. <laughs> in the church, you see a need, fill it. You're walking in, you see trash out there, and you're walking in and go, man, they need to get somebody out here to get this trash. But you pick it up. God brought it to your attention. Now it's your responsibility. You pick it up. Now I went in that bathroom and the toilet's backed up. You, you go, hey, I can tell you where the plunger is. You fix it. That's the church. It's not consumerism. Find a need and fill it. Amen? Number one, that's one way to get involved. Number two is, is to gravitate towards, toward what's natural. Uh, I remember someone came to Pastor Chuck Smith. He's known as the father of uh, the Jesus people movement in the late 60s, early 70s. And they came to Chuck one time and said, hey, you know what? I don't know what my gifts are. I don't know where to start. And Chuck said, what do you like to do? Hey man, we got some people in our church, they love to teach. They're great teachers, they're great at it. We, we have some people that, you know, I just, you know, hey, I just like to bake cakes and I like that. We have, a, we have a tremendous quilt ministry in this church. Did you know that? These women are on fire. Amen. I mean, giving quilts out to nursing homes and different things. I mean, they're such a blessing. They love it. To gravitate toward what you love to do. There's a lot of things to do in a church and something you can gravitate toward. That's, it's just as simple as that. The third thing where you can get started is start small. Don't try to, you know, I'm going to start a ministry. We're going to meet down at Pikes Peak Center. No, you're not. Just, 
you know, sweep the floor. <laughs> you know, just commit to handing out bulletins for six months. I mean, you know, start small. And the Bible tells us in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, do not despise the day of small things. Don't despise the day of small things. You know, well, you know, God's called me to, yeah, before, listen, Pastor Al, you know, God was preparing me when I was a custodian for years. A lot of things that Lord had me doing, I need to go into. And he was preparing me. We used to get up early in the morning. I first started serving at the church when, anyway, many years ago. Uh, it's a long story, but the church used to be located downtown, and we'd have to be there at 5 in the morning because Nevada Avenue used to be the strip, man. That used to be the drag strip. Some of you remember that, Nevada Avenue. And so before church was open, you know, we were located there at Vermahoe in Nevada. We had to get there like 5 in the morning or so and pick up cigarette butts and beer bottles. And just, you know, they get things kind of ready for people to come to church. And, but I was, I was so full of joy. I, I get to pick up cigarette butts for Jesus. I was, I was excited. Well, I get to pick up empties for Jesus. Well, praise the Lord. That God would think that highly of me to pick up cigarette butts for him. Start small. And then the last thing, do something. Amen. Do something. When I started out in ministry, my life was like a shotgun blast. Did a lot of things. Now God has honed me down after 50 years or so into a sniper rifle. I know what he wants me to do. He spoke it to me in 1974. I didn't really understand it until over 25 years ago when I came here to be a senior pastor. All that time he was honing me and developing me for this position. So it's easy for God to guide a moving disciple than it is a disciple in neutral. Do something. Well, I'm waiting for a voice from God. No. <laughs> Do something. Be a blessing to somebody. The old Maranatha song says, make me a servant, humble and meek. Lord, let me lift up those who are weak. And may the prayer of my heart always be, make me a servant, make me a servant. Make me a servant today. This has been The Dwelling Place, featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Al Pittman, Senior Pastor at Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. If you enjoy Pastor Al's teaching ministry, we have some good news for you. You can listen, watch, or download an archive of past messages with a simple mouse click at cwccs.org. Just click the Messages tab at the top of the page. And while you're checking out our website, be sure to download the Calvary Worship Center app for your device and take Pastor Al wherever you go. The Dwelling Place is also available at oneplace.com. And I'd also like to ask you to take a few moments today to send Pastor Al an email and let him know that you enjoy The Dwelling Place on this station. You can also share a prayer request with us. Just send an email to amen at cwccs.org. Have you considered becoming a financial supporter of The Dwelling Place? We really need your support to keep this radio ministry going and growing. You can support this program with a one-time gift or become a monthly supporter. If you'd like to join our support team, you can do so at our website, cwccs.org, or by texting the word GIVE to 719-354-2778.
If you live in the Colorado Springs area and are looking for a church home, or you'll be visiting the area in the future, we invite you to come join us for worship here at Calvary Worship Center. You'll find directions and more information at cwccs.org. And no matter where you are, you can watch our services via live streaming right there at our website. You'll find directions and service times for both locations at cwccs.org. Have a wonderful day in the Lord, and join us next time for another study in God's wonderful Word. The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman is presented by Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Dwelling Place